0: This episode is sponsored by Develop With Tim. If you guys are looking to understand financial literacy, trying to get a better understanding, don't know where to start, visit www.developwithtim.com and purchase you a book today. Right now, we have five digital books, uh, Budgeting in Three Steps, Introduction to Financial Literacy, Introduction to the World of Crypto, ABCs of Finance, and Five Ways to Maximize Your Tax Refund. But also, we have a physical copy, paperback books of Introduction to Financial Literacy. So make sure you guys visit www dot and get your copy today. Let's get into the episode. Aim for the stars, never stop at the sky. Anything that make you better, you should give it a try. If you really want to win, you got to give it a chance. I was lost way before I started taking a stance. Money all over the world, but it's all up to you. And everything that I learned, I'ma tell it to you. You have a gift, all you need is a goal. Footsteps waiting to happen, all you need is a road. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Win Win podcast on uh, interviewing people that are going to teach you guys on how to win in
1: either business, entrepreneurship, or self development. And today is nothing different. Listen, I got a dope friend of mine. Listen, I talk to this all the time. I have a dope friend of mine, my accountability partner. I met her last year. We're gonna get into that in the episode. Um, but <laughs> let's go ahead and give it up to my accountability partner, a good friend of mine. You might as well say she's my best friend at this point. Right, Um, we talk every day. Go ahead, (laughs) I'm telling you, go ahead, introduce yourself.
2: Hi hey everybody. I'm Dornisha Akins. I am a full-time uh, active duty service member. I am a mother of two and I'm also the founder and CEO of the Life After 1700 brand where we just help veterans like change the narrative on veterans mm. and um we just give resources, tips and strategy on how they can how veterans can win and create their dream life after 1700. So just a little about what I do. Mm.
1: 1700. What what 1700 stand for?
2: so okay you know military We everything like and i'm in the military so we go by military time 1700 is actually five o'clock so you're just gonna add the 12. yeah well
1: spicy i see you i see you yeah 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 Yeah,
2: so it's it's just a you know military time for five o'clock because typically you know you get out people do nine to five so i think you know your day ends at five o'clock so that's you know and then for Mm -hmm. us like when we get out of the military that's when our career ends so that's like close the business which is five o'clock since hence the name the life of okay. the 1700 yeah
1: yeah that's pretty dope that's pretty dope i might steal it
2: yeah now <laughs> I mean, like, it, it, it. trademark come in so by the time y'all see this episode whenever y'all see this <laughs> yeah. episode it definitely will be trademarked so
1: <laughs> so yeah all right um so tell us how did you end up getting into the military
2: um, or actually okay, so, before
1: we say how before we say how what made you make that choice
2: Okay, so it's a very long story. Um, I'm sure like everybody who's in the military, some people that's in the military, you know, people join the military for different reasons. Some people are actually patriots and want to, you know, serve their country. But other people that look like us, me, and you in the black and brown community, we kind of didn't have a choice. It it was kind of either, you know, Mm. you either go to the military, you go to college or you go to the workforce. Oh, or, you know, you get in the streets, so. My mom, um, she had, she actually, my mom had me at 14 years old, but mm. I, you know, I grew up my whole life, you know, having her as a teen mom growing up with my right. mom. But when my mom was actually 32 and I was 16, she actually had another baby. So I was sixteen years old, I about to get ready to go to college, Well, you know, getting in high school, getting my A c T and my SAT yeah. prep, thinking I want to go to college. I'm touring all of these colleges. She's taking me on these college chores and stuff like that. I have colleges I want to go to I went to I wanted to go to Kennesaw State University, so me and my mom drive there, and she's pregnant, mind you, And at the end of the tour, I tell her I want to go to this college. She tells me, "Well. I don't know how we're going to afford it so Mm -hmm. if you wanted to i'm not going to say that you can't go to this college but you're going to have to figure it out so after that you know my my spirit was down because i really wanted to go to Kennesaw state it was always my dream to go to Kennesaw Kennesaw state university and you know have the typical college experience that everyone else had so Mm -hmm. you know i was bummed out by that and then you know you know the recruiters come to the high school every right, day. Right. They're they're there like they're, you know, they're there more than we are sometimes, so. Yeah, I'm
1: like hard work. <laughs> I was just,
2: yeah. I saw the consistency that the army recruiters had. And so I just had a conversation with them. Long story short, mm-hmm. they told me that I can get, you know, I can still go to college while in the military. And I can get some money. So they basically, you know, told me some told me and gave me the benefits of joining the military. So I looked back and I was like, well, I could go to college and then cure all of this debt and i didn't want to look to my mother to you know have mm-hmm. to pay for my college because she was pregnant and she was about to have another baby so i was like you know what i'm gonna just go to i'm gonna just go to the army like and it was my goal to get into the army yeah. and only do four years and and do my college degree and then get out mm-hmm. so i really okay. didn't i, I say i didn't have a choice i just did it because they were there
1: right so how do you feel i mean you were touring all these schools did she not tell you or were you not like understanding about this financial situation at all like how was that
2: um so i grew up where i never had to like everything that i asked my parents for i got so Um, it was not a thing for me that my parents were not gonna you know pay for my college because I was young. I didn't know like I knew what my parents did. I knew that we didn't have a lot of money, but I didn't right. know that we couldn't we couldn't financially afford to send me to college. Like we we had money, but we didn't have that much money. And I you know, they didn't set me up, too. I never right. had I never had insurance growing up. So you know for sure I never had a college fund. So mm. I was thinking, you know, with the child's naive mind of thinking, like I'm gonna just go to college, and my mother's gonna pay for it, and my father's gonna pay for it, and that wasn't the case.
1: Mm. Okay, so now, now, now you're in the um military, in the army. Mm -hmm. How has that been for you?
2: Um, so my experience has been great, honestly. Um, so let me backtrack. Before I joined the military, I actually could not even get into the military before so when i was one of those colleges i was still in jrotc because jrotc was like the easiest elective that you could do and in my school like all i did was jrotc was still ice cream for jrotc and i got a, a yeah. grade so i you know i was doing jrotc but they made us take the ASVAB. so i was mm. in 11th grade at the time and mind you i didn't listen to the army until the 12th grade but i already took the ASVAB, and for somebody who never wanted to go to the military what do you think i did when i went into that testing area
1: played around. Into that.
2: i played around right because i'm like in, in the back of my head i was like i never like why would i go to the military this is uh, this is just a great <laughs> for me so i'm literally bubbling in not knowing that i had that test was like my fate like mm. i should have and, and and i'm gonna just tell you this too the law of attraction is real because right. nobody I have never told anybody my ASVAP score because it's so low and I didn't want people to connect my ASVAP score to my knowledge and how smart I was. Mm-hmm. Because I, I was in 11th grade. I I go I bubbled that test in. But the the moment I got out of that test, I felt so bad. And I was like, I told my best friend, I said, I just made a 32 on that ASVAP. Three mm-hmm. weeks later, my test was a my test score was a 32. It's power in the tongue. What if I would have went out and I would have said I got a fifty nine on that ASVAP score? I probably would have got a fifty nine. Right. But long story short, so you know, I used that same. I could have took the. I read. I could have retook the ASVAP, I just didn't mm-hmm. want to. I used that same score to, you know, apply for the military. It thirty two was the minimum that you could make to get into the military. Mm. I made that, so I was like, Shh, I made the minimum. Let me let me in. Yeah. So. <laughs> Being that I had to take some more tests to be able to get into the military, and I failed those tests, they were like they weren't academic tests; they were like personality tests. And I failed the test, and I failed the test, and I was just saying like, I don't. So I believe I believe in God, and I was saying God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm gonna do. So I failed that test two times. My recruiter said, if you fail this test again, you're gonna have to retake the ASVAB, and it's probably you're not probably not gonna be able to join the military. So on Christmas Day, guess what happened to that test? You
1: took it, was, it and you passed.
2: No, it was no longer a requirement to get into the military. Oh wow So when I tell you that I feel like me going into the military was fate because every situation that I had leading up to the military, what some people would think that you know it was bad, it has worked out in my favor every since I've joined. Everything that I've wanted in the military, I've gotten. And mm. sometimes yeah. Yeah, and we're going to get a little bit into, like, my backstory, of, like, my first duty stations and stuff like that. But, yeah, so I believe that me joining the military is fate because now I wouldn't have that hindsight of what I'm doing now is helping veterans.
1: Mm. So when you're helping these veterans, what, what are you looking for for the ones that come to you or the ones that you're, you know, looking to to take on as, like, potential clients?
2: um so i just changed my revenue model it's not going to be a client-based um thing it's going to i'm I'm focused on building community that's outside of the military that's not uh, um directly associated with the military but right. also is a group of like-minded people so you know we always say like your environment is you're going to change your environment before your environment changes you mm-hmm. and so many people have this negative stick have this negative stigmatism when it comes to stigma when it comes to veterans so like let me ask you a question what when i say a veteran what's the first thing that pops in your head
1: somebody retiring from the army
2: but what do they look like do you see Uh, old right do you see a successful person in society do you see a boss do you see somebody that actually has multiple screens of income who who is an entrepreneur or who is killing it in whatever field that they want to go to no you don't, okay. you don't see that when you see, when you see veterans. So, so many people get that confused and it's so like, it's so much negativity to say like, oh, they might be dealing with mental health issues mm. or people don't want to, you know, typically hire veterans because people say, some people might say, oh, they're crazy and such and such like that. So my goal is to change the narrative when it comes to veterans, because you don't have to retire from the military to become a veteran. Mm.
1: So you could so, be in the middle. you could be active and you could, because you consider a veteran, right?
2: No, I'm not considered a veteran. The moment that I hang up my boots and the moment that I'm not in the military anymore, that's when I become a veteran. So if I was to just go to basic training and get out, I'm considered a veteran. If I was to do two years or 20 years, I'm still conv- considered a veteran. But most people mm. don't see that because it's the language that, in which we see veterans as being this old guy who has this hat on that says yep. veteran with all of his stuff on.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. And so that that is my goal is to just come bringing veterans together and create a community, create a safe space that's not associated with the military, but it's also people that they can relate to, to build with and network
0: with. Mm, I got you. Hey, what's going on, y'all? If you guys are looking for a speaker to come speak to your school, your organization, nonprofit, after-school program, look no further. Visit developwithtim.com, D-E-V-E-L-O-P-W-I-T-H-T-I-M.com. Fill out the speaker's intake form, and someone from the team will be in contact with you. Now, you guys, have a good day. Back to the episode. So, I mean, I
1: just want to hear about your two-part question because you're the first person that I've, that I've interviewed that, that is like actively in the military. Actually, I don't think I interviewed anyone that even had any military ties, or at least they didn't tell me. But anyway, I hear about a lot of stuff that women have to go through once they're in the in the army. Mm-hmm. Now, um, how challenging is that for you, or have you you experienced any? I, mean, I don't know how to word it because I, I don't really know what all y'all can speak on publicly, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a woman in the military, have you experienced any? i guess inequality and stuff along those lines
2: um definitely um the military okay so when you go when you join the military you think about you know your family member joining the military you're thinking that they're going to be taken care of at the highest standard but sometimes that's not the case um me i wouldn't say me personally i have dealt with like so, so we have a big thing in the military called sexual harassment assault and assault pretty much um it goes on, we get classes on, on classes on classes on classes because it goes on so much in the military. But beyond like the sexual harassment, sexual assault, women do face a lot of sexism in the, mm. in the military um, because like it's an equal opportunity career, but some men just don't see, and just my personal experience, some men don't see, they see your, your gender instead of your leadership ability. Mm-hmm. so that's you know that i mean and men face it too like everyone in this you know we do face those typical things that a person in any profession would face like sexual harassment sexual assault racism sexism and all of that so mm-hmm. it's definitely real in the military we don't want to continue because like you said i don't know what you can speak on but i don't want that to be a thing where p- people feel like oh I, this happened to me but i can't speak on it because i'm in the military no you should definitely speak on it so it can be Knowledge and so that we can work towards fixing it.
1: Right, right. You know, I'm not trying to get nobody in trouble. I'm like, hey, I just yeah. say what y'all want to say, but just do. And it if somebody's going to get,
2: and if somebody's going to get in trouble for speaking their truth, then that's something wrong with the organization that has nothing to do mm. with the person.
1: That's fact. That's right That's heavy right there. Yeah. I didn't think about it like that. Shoot, you over here giving me some damn I'm supposed to supposed to be interviewing you, <laughs> but um. Okay, so for you so far on your journey in the military, what would you say have been the most challenging aspect of it?
2: Um, I think the most challenging aspect of it, because like I said, I am a full-time mother. Well, I am a full-time um, active duty service member, but I am a mother as well. So I think just like having that, um, just being so far away. So I, when I first joined the military, I went and I was stationed in Korea which is Mm. across the world. I was 18 years old, right? So I definitely, I'm the type of person that was a family-oriented person. Like I never had left the state, you know, let alone the country without my mother. Like I'm 18 years old. I don't have my mom with me. I don't have my grandmother. I don't have my little brother who my mother just had two years ago. Mm -hmm. So that was a challenge in itself is like always being away from family and not having that support system. But when I did have my first kid at 19 years old, I pretty much had to become a mother without my mother's guidance of physically being there. Mm. That was a challenge. And also just being in the military when you have kids is just a different type of beast. You know, the military always says like we are family oriented branch, which in some areas they are, but just, you know, having having no one to turn to or no support system when you're in the military and you're a woman, or even a dad, you know, a mom or a dad. It's just like I went through a lot of abandonment issues because of that too, and always moving around. Mm. I always, I always seek change because I, my situation was always changing. So I'm, you know, you're supposed to be adaptable, but it's it's a difference from being adaptable right. and like wanting change because it's like you're never consistent. You're never, you're never grounded. Every time you turn around, your roots are getting uplifted. So right. how are you supposed to build something? like you're like how you plant a flower you have to put that flower in that seed cover it and moisturize, like moisture it but every time you turn around you're digging up the seed i could never like plant my foot somewhere because i was always moving
1: Mm. oh that's that's a lot right there and i love that analogy so you spoke on abandonment issues you spoke on basically being away from your family and all this moving around how does that affect your mental health
2: um, it it played a, a a huge part in my mental health. Like it's when it, okay, so abandonment is a it's a type of mental abuse um, that you don't realize it's mental abuse. Mm. So like it's just certain things like okay, well you know some people can can have yeah. that abandonment of their fathers, you know, never being in their lives, and they don't they don't see it as being trauma or mental like mental abuse, yeah. but it is. So you go throughout your whole life and when some, you know, your dad abandoned you and then you get into a relationship and that you you felt like that man abandoned you and then you get into friendships and you feel like those friends abandoned you. But, and and so it just creates a lot of trauma in your life to where you don't, you don't really appreciate yourself and it it lowers your self-esteem because you're always thinking like, why am I not good enough for you? And, And it has you questioning yourself when you can't crush yourself off the acts of others, because mm-hmm. them abandoning you had nothing to do with you, and it had everything to do with them and right. their trauma and their lack of ability to you know to serve you in the way that you needed to be served.
1: So have you been able to get better as far as like your mental health goals and like, you know, handling those issues?-:
2: mm-hmm. Definitely. I think that apart, like everything from mental health, not everything, but a lot of mental health comes from not being self-aware. So like why right. does it affect me that if you leave me, uh, it affects me. And so I have to dig deep into myself and be like, okay, what does that do for me? How do I feel when I'm being abandoned or I felt like somebody abandoned me? Yeah. Is it really abandonment? Because people are meant to be in your life for a season. Some alone, some but, three seasons, four seasons, and some some people, you know, a short season. So go ahead. But if you
1: don't I'm about to say, but if you don't really know Because a lot of people, they aren't exposed to that, though. They feel, Mm -hmm. like you said, a lot of it happens when people are kids. So it could be the family dynamic or the family structure where they were abandoned by a mom or a dad or something like that. And they they don't really understand it. Mm -hmm. So they might feel, like you said, they might feel it as a kid. But then once they get in that relationship, once they're an adult, then it kind of all comes back. But they don't know where it comes from
2: right so okay you're saying if for example like a child who lost or their father left them and then mm-hmm. now they're, they're in this relationship my question is like how did it come back up if you're in this relationship and it's committed how, in what ways did that that abandonment come back up for you
1: because if you let me see how to worry so i think abandonment comes from like a couple of different things so you can have that person that you've been wanting in your life that that void you need to feel and you might not have known that it was a void or you might not have known that you've been out here just seeking for any type of love when in reality you should be loving yourself but a lot of people mm-hmm. aren't exposed to that especially in our culture when we talk about problems in mental health no one want to go see a counselor or a therapist they just oh no i'ma just bury it mm-hmm. so then when they get in that relationship a person can do something that can trigger it without mm-hmm. even knowing because they don't know mm-hmm. that this other person has an abandonment issue Uh, and other times too it's just in my opinion it's unknown because some people just can't stay consistent um going through life so Mm -hmm. it's like their lack of commitment isn't necessarily from them not being able to commit but it's because they were never healed from that abandonment because they never had anyone commit to them
2: right and and again i feel like that all comes with like self-awareness as well so if you're in these relationships and they're not working out right? You have to be like, cause some people would just blame it on the relationship. Oh, she wasn't for me. Oh, I didn't want that. But like, look, look deep into yourself. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so do you have commitment issues or are you just dealing with some trauma that happened in your past? If you are dealing with some trauma that happened in your past, you, you're you okay you'll know your triggers so when this person does this for you you'll be able to be self-aware aware of your triggers to seek the that help that you need where there's counseling whether there's you know meditation where there's going to see you know if you're religious going to see a, um, a pastor or a priest so before you can get to that th- before you can get to therapy you have to know why you're going to therapy and how did you end up in this situation before you seek help
1: so when you talk about self-awareness what would you say would be like the first step for someone? That, that, that's looking to see who they really are and those things that um are causing them some pain
2: I would say the first thing that you do, need to do is like take some time within yourself free yourself from all distractions a lot of people like when has mm-hmm. when have the last when was the last time that you was by yourself in your thoughts like when the first the first thing yeah. that you wake up and do in the morning is on your phone like you're never you're never with yourself because mm-hmm. so many people are afraid to be with themselves. The first step to finding out like who you truly are and what you like to do is to be with yourself. Lock yourself in the room and face and face your inner self. Because you know, the demon is in the mirror. Whatever, you know, Mm. whatever you're facing (laughs) is in the mirror. So you have to be able to bring that stuff up. Spend some time alone, like spend a lot of time alone and also see guidance through meditation. Or just, you know, simply being in in silence. Mm.
1: So, okay okay so basically you're saying just really spend time by yourself now what's next then like as i spend time with myself and i'm like okay mm-hmm. i'm able to figure out that i'm sad because every time when i was a little every, when i was little every time i asked for something, i was yelled at and i was told no mm-hmm. then let's say you realize that and that's more of a it was like a trauma you don't even like asking people for stuff so instead of you asking you out here just trying to grind and get it yourself without having to worry about anybody yelling at you so it's like mm-hmm. once they figure out what the root of that problem was what would you say would be the next step
2: and so that is like seeking the resources that you need to like to solve that problem so whether you feel like you know therapy would solve that problem whether you feel like you know you meditation will solve that problem where you feel like actually like hashing everything out and like writing down it's like different practices and stuff like you could write things down on a piece of paper everything that you have dealt with trauma wise and burn it. Mm-hmm. it's just certain different practices that you can do to you know relieve that but you also have to bring everything up so once you like spend some time with yourself yeah. really figuring out what is wrong identify it like identify what you don't like about yourself write it down like because you looking down is going to make it real because it's always it's (laughs) you know it's stuck in your head but you need it tangible so you can see it and you can write it down i remember when i was in a place in my life where i didn't like myself and i was like why don't i like myself you know things are Mm -hmm. going good in my life i have a good career have a good marriage you know i have money there's nothing wrong my children are safe my children are healthy Uh but i didn't i didn't like the person i was because when i looked in the mirror So I took that time. Mm -hmm. I completely, you know, got away from distractions. I got, I faced myself in the mirror and I wrote it down. I wrote down what I didn't like and how I wanted to see my future self and everything that didn't align. I figured out like, okay, if my future self wants to be a healed person Mm -hmm. and I'm dealing with trauma, how, what resource or what practice do I need to eliminate this so that I can become my, my higher self? And for me, that was gratitude.
1: So I'm asking these questions because I know it's someone in the audience right now, they're going through a hard point in time. Um, They're going through like a challenging phase in their life and they just need some type of guidance, like you're saying. So when you when you actually looked in the mirror and you wrote out to yourself what you didn't like, how did that make you feel?
2: I, (laughs) I would like to say that it made me not like myself even more. But it made me realize that the reason why I didn't like myself was middle school. It was so small. Like I didn't like myself and this is going to sound so so superficial because my higher self wants to look good and smell good and feel good at all times. But when I looked at myself, I said, I never get my hair done. I never get my nails done. Mm -hmm. That's simple. Go get your hair done and go get your nails done and and treat yourself because you, you wanted to. Also, you know, Like, I didn't like myself because I was, you know, not. I didn't forgive other people. And I was still holding on to, you know, I was holding on to grudges. Okay, figure Mm -hmm. out how you can forgive these people. Because you not forgiving those people is not hurting those people. Those people are living their best life. Those people are not losing sleep because you are mad at them. That's hurting you. That's eating up your soul because you're mad at them. You got to let that go. You have to let that hurt go because it's not hurting anybody but you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, and the reason, like I tell people too, last year, 2021, um, at the beginning of the year, I just left a job. And I was mm-hmm. like, I was happy because it was a job that was real stressful to me. I was losing sleep because of this job, all of that. Um, But then it was also like mentally and emotionally like a downward, downward hill for me at that point in time. So I had to do a self-evaluation. And it's crazy mm-hmm. because I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just like, right. you know what, something has to change. Let me right. Let me see who I am and just like you're saying some of those things within myself that i didn't like you know i was able to notate it and mm-hmm. i had to be real when i did it i was like oh my god i was like i don't like i don't like this person
2: i don't like this person you know, so I now that i know it. who this person is let me let me change it because you i i heard a saying it was like imagine that if you die right now and the person that you was going to become is sitting and looking at you in your face all the things that you could have accomplished all the things that you could have done the healing that you could have had mm. you know you could have been more self-confident this person is looking at you and they're the most self-confident confident person in, ever and they looking at you and like look you could have had all of this had you just chased it had you executed on oh. trying to get me so you have that's to know powerful. who you are you have to know who you are but you also have to know who you want to
1: become that's powerful Ooh. Yeah, I, mean, mind blown over here. I never thought about it like that yeah because, because if you think you, about oh
2: my God, you go you go ahead no i mean because I, like i was saying like if you think about like oh i don't like this person i don't like this person mm-hmm. why don't you like this person who do you want to be what do who wh- what do they look like now now that you know what they look like you know what you look like now what you want to look like go you know go do it it's not going to be easy exactly (laughs) you have to be you have to become before you before you be right Mm. before you be an entrepreneur you have to become an entrepreneur before you be a speaker you have to speak you have to become
1: before you Mm. be dang oh my god so when you figuring out who you want to be how do you figure that out because again before, before you go further before you go further the reason I'm asking this is because, I mean, I talked to a lot of people
2: mm-hmm.
1: at, the, at, at the time, I was hitting everybody up. What are you passionate about and how could we help you get into that at least more actively? Mm-hmm. I, I I promise you, um, over the course of like a week, I know I asked 100 people at the minimum, 100 people. Mm-hmm. And only had a couple people tell me something they was actually passionate about. Everybody else. Oh, well, I don't know. Or, oh, I don't have any skills. Cause I said, what's your passion about this? Oh, well, I don't know. Well, what are you good at? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, if and I was there. Now, what could you see yourself doing? I don't know. It's something that's associated with
2: money. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so why do you feel a lot of people don't know their passions? Um, they don't know their own skills or gifts.
2: I think because they never asked. And that's going to sound like the most blameless answer but okay i'm gonna share a story of the of how i got into what i'm what i'm doing now i literally um so i believe in god and you know when i was doing things in my life like this is not my first entrepreneur's journey or whatever i've had so many businesses that didn't feel right within myself right it -hmm. was just like have you ever started something or did something and it's just like your your intuition you're good and it's a lot of friction and then once you you know it's a lot of friction that friction isn't because you're nervous that friction isn't typically isn't because you don't think it'll work out that friction is because this is not meant for you Mm -hmm. so the same reason why you you know dive deep into say like what you don't like into yourself you dive deep to say like what is my purpose so I believe in God again. So I ask God, God, what what is my purpose? What was I put on this earth to do? I don't want to do anything but in the only thing that you want me to do. And if you don't believe in God, you ask yourself, what is your purpose? What do I do better than anything else? without without What do I do better than anyone else with little to no effort? And that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do that, figure out and figure out how you can monetize it and also serve. Like so many people get into businesses to make money, sure. but who are you helping? Mm. So and ask.
1: It, and the piggyback off of that, you got people can also ask their friends or family. members, mm-hmm. If I were to start a business or if I were to get into a career, what could you see me doing? What can and you be doing? That could also like you know streamline it because I think all the time what I feel like you could be doing. So
2: yeah, because hey. <laughs> <laughs> people other people see your genius and stuff because you have blinds like you for example, I can't, I don't know what I look like right now. How can I see me if I don't know what I look like? You see me better than I see myself right now, right? You Mm. see, if I don't look in the mirror, but first, when I first wake up and when I first, you know, lay down, other people see you more than you see yourself. So it's perfectly fine to ask those people, like, what do you think I should be doing? What is my genius? Do I give advice to people? Am I good at speaking? Can I convey a message? Can I tell brand stories? And get you to do something like and also our purpose our purpose was hidden within our youth a lot of people and that and that comes from the trauma because a lot of parents shot shoot down any creativity that mm. our children have so okay. if you see your child is interested in drawing and she just wants to you know draw and have all this paint everywhere god has like god shows us our purpose when we're first when we're young so it's like if that child wants to draw she's mm-hmm. she probably should be an artist and children go through things but you know you you don't take what child want to do you take you don't tell it you know you ask a child like oh what do you want to be yeah, yeah. five times out of ten they're gonna say oh I want to be a teacher I want to be a doctor I want to be a police officer but what yeah. are they doing what actions are they doing are mm-hmm. they jumping all around the house do they want to become a gymnast are they naturally gifted at speaking do they the child who is can't shut up in the classroom th- that child is typically recommended when that when that child has the gift of gab in the communication yeah. and can be a motivational speaker but we mm. as adults are taught from generation to generation to generation is to knock our our creativity out of our children so that our children can fit into society so that society can use our children to be just like everyone else, to work.
1: Go to school, get a job, go to work.
2: (laughs) And it's an ongoing cycle, and nobody chases their dreams like that.
1: Right. What what was it that you were doing when you was little?
2: Okay, so when I was little, this is going to sound crazy, and I definitely have a love, I definitely still have a love for it. I was a person that was, A, behind the camera. Anytime my friend had something going on, I wasn't the one that was in front of the camera. I was the one that was behind the camera. Mm -hmm. I could set everything up. If you and then I was also the one who gave the most advice, like it, back in the day, it was relationship advice because I would be like, Girl, you can do this, but also if you had a business, I would tell you how to create the business. And I was also a writer,
1: mm, okay. Okay, I see because you. you're, you're doing a good bit of it right now, and I can see as you, as um, as time is going forward, I can see you showing those same skills. That's crazy yeah because but yeah
2: i was always the person they'll be like nisha like what am i supposed to do i'm like do this da, 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 da. but when and, and if you look at my life i wasn't doing those things
1: <laughs> well also too like some people i think over or underestimate the ability of a coach because yeah. sometimes you can be a better coach than the actual player and sometimes you can be a better player than the actual coach so some right. of the people that are out here executing they're better at executing and coaching other people how to do it because that was their gift like right. i'm getting done you know right um
2: i was thinking yeah. um you know how like most entrepreneurs and i think this is your story too they would go to the store and buy the candy and sell the candy i was never that person i don't like sales i never I like sales sold either. anything <laughs> i never sold anything in high school and i used to equate that to like man every entrepreneur used to sell stuff in their locker or used to sell stuff at school But I was the one, if you came to school with it, I was going to show you. I was going to tell you, like, you know, you can go put that in high school, or you know, you should do this. I was going to show you how you can maximize your return.
1: (laughs) So you was coaching ahead of the game.
2: Yeah. I was like, girl, you know, you can do this. And then they just never did it. So,
1: (laughs) (laughs) dang, that's crazy. And yeah, um, I was talking to uh, my business coach the other week and he was like what's your story like when mm-hmm. did all of this stuff start in third grade i, had, I was selling lead pencils right. i had the best lead pencils in the class but then i was like real little so people used to steal my pencils or put yeah. it on credit so i had to learn about credit when i was little like no nah, you can't just be letting people do it um but yeah then in middle school selling candy and stuff but then that's when i learned about competition i had a little mm-hmm. snack size fun size snickers um kid cats and stuff and then this dude he come with the full size I'm right, like, bro. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then he'll freeze the juices at night uh or in the morning, he'll bring them to school. So by the time like 12 o'clock kids, the juices got mm-hmm. a little bit of ice on i still cold. I'm like, bruh. I am like, bro that went on not about to put me out of business. Um uh, but luckily right. well, I ain't gonna say luckily, but like the school, they got mad at all the kids were selling um candy, I guess, because the vending machines wasn't making money. Right. And then um they're like, yeah, if y'all selling stuff and we catch y'all, we're gonna take all your snacks and the money
2: i was like man Mm. y'all lame right right and but i was the person that's like okay look i i was the person that told him like you need to go to sam's club and get the full size candy bar because you can flip that and also like you know the pencils go ahead and put three Mm. go ahead and put three grippers on there and sell it for three three times the price
0: hey what's going on y'all i appreciate everyone for tuning into the episode if you guys are looking for different ways you can support the podcast visit us on patreon it's next gen ceo N-X-T-G-E-N-C-E-O. the link will be in the description for this episode but again anything you guys can do to um you know support the podcast is very much appreciated uh with the patreon there are a couple of different tiers so each one of them come with their own benefits but again go visit us on patreon Next Gen CEO NXT GEN CEO and again appreciate you guys.
1: bang You should have been you should have been at my school. I could have been Right. We would have like been
2: whole, we would <laughs> have a whole class.
1: Telling you. Um but as we uh get get back on topic a little bit but going through your whole journey, I mean we talked about like a lot of self-development, military school, life. Uh what would you say has been the biggest loss that you took or the biggest lesson you learned along the way?
2: Mm-hmm. that's a really good question loss as in like you know mindset or mon- monetarily or just it could,
1: any biggest loss like if you lost yourself that that's a big loss if you lost mm-hmm. ten thousand dollars that's a big loss i mean whatever yeah got, or it could be a, a lot of, one of the two i
2: got a <laughs> i got a lot of big losses um i'll give you both okay so it kind of ties into my biggest loss was time I lost a lot of time Mm. not knowing what i'm supposed to be doing in life or not knowing the direction because i was just you know i didn't have the knowledge or the information to do that so i i've been wanting to get out of the military since i first joined um but i didn't because i was scared so i lost time and i lost myself in that process because i didn't believe in myself i didn't think that i could be successful outside of the the confined the confinement and the you know the the cradle of the military, because they pay for right. everything. The military is is designed to make you comfortable, not successful in mm-hmm. what you want to do. You can be successful in the military, but they're going to make you comfortable. They're going to make sure you got the, right. the money. They're going to make sure you got the insurance. They're going to make sure you got the health benefits. It's all for a reason. And then so the biggest lesson is trust yourself. Everything you need to succeed is a, is already within me so if i would have just mm. trusted myself and you know and got out of the military when i first wanted to you know i i wouldn't have lost it i you know time would have still passed but i would have been doing stuff that i wanted to do essentially with my life
1: mm. that's heavy so you said you didn't believe you could be successful without the military mm-hmm. why, why not
2: be- because like if you're inside of the military it's so much like negativity that goes on when you think yeah. about getting out of the military. So many people be like, "Oh, what are you going to do?" They make it they just instill all this fear in you because they they're like, "Well, why would you leave a stable job? You know you're going to get paid on the 1st mm-hmm. and the 15th. You know your children, you have children. What are you going to do about health
1: care?" Oh, <laughs> <I> <laughs> they just want you. you to
2: they just want you to stay in that situation because they're afraid too. So they're gonna stay in for 20 uh, years because they're they're afraid to get out of the military
1: wow and then for your biggest lesson you said trust in yourself
0: so do you do you really
1: feel though like with the extra time that you put in do you feel that it's it's being used wisely now
2: so that's what that goes back into like i was telling you like if something if you having friction sometimes it's not your time so like I said, maybe I would have been doing what I'm doing now, but I probably wouldn't because back then when I first wanted to get on military, I did my four-year contract that was in 2019. I said, oh, I'm done. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a mission. I didn't have a goal. I didn't have anything. So I was mm. like, well, let me take a breather and you know, stay in the military so I can figure it out. But it, I didn't know myself. I didn't know what I could do. So i had to dive deep into myself i'm saying like if i was a 10 foot swimming pool i dive to the bottom of myself and i figured it out why are you like this so that's when i figured it out and so now i was able to identify all those things that you know was holding me back that fear that anxiety you know that self-love that self-love that self-love that self-respect lost so i had to gain that back like my cup was super empty my cup was empty. I had to, re- I had to refill my own cup before I could pour into any business, before I could pour into any relationship, before I could pour into any person.
1: Dang, so. mm. oh, yeah, it's on the fire. <laughs> because I feel but, like yeah. so many people are going through that same thing, and sometimes too, I feel that we have to go through certain things so then we can come and talk about it to other people, so they don't have to go through those same exact things.
2: Right because like i said like god wanted me to be in this military like he made the stars align so perfectly and when i was trying to get out of the military he was like nah stay in there because of my purpose Mm -hmm. because if i was 18 years old and i would have went to kansas state university i wouldn't have my daughter i wouldn't have had my daughter for one for two i probably would have been in college, and just now figuring out what I wanted to do for three, I wouldn't be making an impact on this niche that needed the most. So everything in your life happened for a reason. Nothing doesn't happen in your life that not that isn't supposed to happen. This is a part of the journey. So you know how like you see big entrepreneurs and big millionaires, and they're saying like, you know, we have we know this person. Oh, I got fired from my job. I got fired from ten jobs. You know, such and such. Yeah. <laughs> this your story. What's your story? that's his story that's what his that was made his money whatever you went through is your story capitalize on it
1: ooh talk that talk now again a lot of people they just don't know really where to start so they're looking to capitalize off of their story and take all of that all of those lessons that they learned to um like jump start or at least start making an impact Where would you say for them to start at
2: i would start with putting it out on paper because you don't know your story until you read your own book
1: right so go ahead
2: (laughs) right so i have i literally have this in my phone things that happened to me in my life because i'm gonna write a book and i broke it down like okay what happened to me we were pregnant at 19 years old you know join the army at 18 years old like uh, mentally abused physically abused all this stuff like fatherless such and such I had to read my own book in order for me to write it in, in order for me to even teach about it, even talk about it. Because as you know, in the black and brown community, when we go through trauma, we're taught to just say, to pack it all in. We don't really, we're not really taught to put it out there and put it into the atmosphere. And so put it into the atmosphere, write, write, read your book before you end up telling some, somebody about it. Because it'd be the smallest things in the details of your story that could make you a big time speaker or make you a best-selling author you just Mm got to know which one it is because we're designed to forget trauma
1: Mm. i don't even think we're designed to forget i think we're designed like they want us to forget forget about it and just throw it in or either lock it away and never even Mm -hmm. talk about it so you're right you're right now as we're getting closer to the end if people want to reach out to you or support um you your brand What's the best way for them to contact
2: you? Um. So the best way to contact me is at the, oh, call me Jarni, um, Jarnisha Nakira. On, I'm pretty sure it's going to be in the show notes. But Jarnisha Nakira on social media. Also, my brand is Life at the 1700. Um, that's how you can follow me. Also, you can email me at JarnishaAkins97 at gmail.com.
1: 97, woo woo. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'll have all of my guests come up here. You already know. It. You already know. It. You already right. know this in episodes. So you already know. Uh, I need you to leave the audience with something powerful that they can go and create their own win off of. Whether that's your favorite quote, um, your own saying, something that you heard, that you live by, whatever. Something powerful that they can go in from.
2: OK. So this is my favorite cro- quote right now. And I'm going to try to say it verbatim, but I'm going to explain it. So. In order to gain your best self, you must lose your weak self. So, what does that mean? Like, so right now, whoever is listening in the audience, you might not feel like you're at your your best self right now. Okay. You you might not see yourself as your highest potential. But in order for you to get to that highest potential, you must lose this weak link. Right? It's like the the strongest person on your team. You're not as you're. You're not as strong as you're you're as strong as the weakest person on your team. Right yeah. now, you're the weakest person on your team. So we have to figure mm. out how we can build you up to become your best self, to become your strongest self. So whether they are seeking meditations, whether they're seeking guidance from a, a therapist or whatever, figure out how we can shed all this weakness and like build our armor so that we can become a higher self.
1: Mm. I order to be yourself you must lose your weakest son. Hey, y'all heard her. Y'all heard her. I can't end it any better than that. Hey, we appreciate you so much for coming. Blessing the podcast with your time today. Um, You guys, go ahead. Go create that win. We'll go catch you guys in the next episode.
2: Bye
0: looking for something new to add to your closet looking for another brand to support or you just see like your spouse partner friends someone out here walking around with the same old stuff and you just tired of seeing it and you want to get them a new piece of clothing go visit my friends at T U L E V A C L O T H I N G t-u-l-e-v-a-c-l-o-t-h-i-n-g.com and use the code Tim, and all the way up until july 1st 2022 you can save 25 percent off your whole purchase Alright y'all, back to the episode. You, you have a gift, all you need is a goal. Footsteps waiting to happen, all you need is a road.